If you have your Bibles, you can turn to John chapter 14. If you don't have your Bibles, the words will be on the screens. I, I told the first service to turn to John 24. Really got them confused because it doesn't exist. John 24 doesn't exist. It goes through 21 chapters. I knew that. I learned that in, you know, like when I was in kindergarten. And so anyway, turn to John chapter 14. They, I think they thought that I was messing with them. We're going to be in John chapter 14 today, and uh, we're also going to be in John um, uh, chapter 14, and we're going to be in 16, and then we're going to turn over to Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, as we walk through our, our second in this series called Unleashed. My dad taught me at an early age uh, how to play golf. Uh, if you've known me for any length of time, you, you know I play golf. You're probably sick of like, hearing illustrations on Sunday about golf. But that's my kind of what, what I did with my life as a, as a kid and um, even into adulthood. I just love this game. And if you're in here today and you play golf, there's a passion that begins to develop with this game, right? Uh, our youth pastor, Todd Cooper, moved here uh, a year ago, just a few weeks ago, and he had really almost, he's back in the back, he had really almost never played this game, and I think he's more passionate about it than I am today. And so uh, it really kind of gets in, into you, and it gets in you somehow, and uh, it's a fantastic game. It's, it's a lot of fun, and some of you are like, you're going to have to sell me on that one, Todd. I can't imagine why, uh, you know, walking around on a golf course chasing a little ball with some sticks is a lot of fun. But it is. I promise you it is. Mark Twain said that um, golf was a good walk spoiled. And so some of you probably feel that way. And, uh, but those of us who have it in our blood, we love this game that um, around here we get to celebrate so much. And my dad taught me at an early age how to play and um, taught me a lot about the game, taught me how to use the instruments in golf. This is my uh, Cleveland. It's about 10 years old. Cynthia got this for me when I turned 30, so it's over 10 years old. Uh, she got me a 60-degree and a 52-degree, and um, everybody looks at it, and it's a Cleveland RTG 60-degree lob wedge, and everybody thinks because it's rusted that it's bad, but that's the way it's needs to be because it's good. And that makes it soft. And those of you who play golf, you know what I'm talking about. Those of you who don't, you're like, please move on. Just move on. So anyway, so I will. So I love this club. This is one of my favorite clubs. Um, you can get this really up high and you can lob it on to the green when you don't have much green to work with and it's fantastic. And my dad, in teaching me this amazing game that I love so much, uh, taught me all the different things about the game. He, he put me in front of instructors, and in his mind, like, I was going to be on tour you know, one day, you know, the PGA Tour. And in my mind, I believed that a little bit. Um, and now I'm 42, and I realize that was just a lot of fun to think about. Anyway, and like, you know, I shoot, you know, in the 80s and 90s, and that does nothing uh, to, to, like, head towards a tour, PGA Tour. But it's a fantastic game. One of the things that you learn as a golfer is you learn that whether you're hitting a driver off the tee 250 yards or whether you're hitting a, a lob wedge 60 degree up in the air and down nice and soft on the green, the wind makes a difference. The wind makes a huge difference. And one of the things that my dad taught me early on as I'm walking uh, the golf course is to look around and to look at the wind. 
And whether you're playing, you know, down here at Harbortown or one of these beautiful golf courses in our area, or whether you're playing, um, I grew up with me and my buddy Brian Glaze. We used to go and pay like $5 to play Monroe Golf Course in, out near Stone Mountain, Georgia, and it was terrible. It was like a cow pasture, like the, the, the fairways were about that hard. And so whether you are playing at a great course or, or a really crummy course, uh, one of the things that you need to know is how to deal with the wind. And so golfers, golfers will walk around and they'll look at the trees, they'll look at the way the wind is blowing up high, they'll look down below and look at the, look at the leaves down on the ground and, and check that out to find out which way the wind's blowing. If you see a flag somewhere off in the distance in someone's yard, you'll look at that to see which way the wind's blowing. And of course, you look at the flag at each hole and you determine where that is going. And you can tell by different uh, things, different factors around you, which way the wind is blowing. And one of the things that golfers do, I was taught this at an early age, was um, they, they're taught very, really any golfer's taught this, that you lean down, you reach down, and you grab a few blades of grass and you throw it up in the air. Those of you who don't play golf, have you seen that before? And you're like, what, what, are they, what are they doing? What is that? Is that like, you know, I, I'm celebrating a par? You know, I'm throwing grass up in the air. Yeah, I got a par. Is that some kind of like celebratory thing? Or what's the deal there with them throwing the grass up in the air? And that's something that we're taught as golfers. And the reason that you do that is you have to know which direction the wind is blowing and how hard it's blowing from where you currently are. And it's interesting because in golf, just like in the rest of life, um, the wind is something that you don't see, but you see evidence of it everywhere. See, when I'm looking up at the pine trees and I'm looking at which way the wind's blowing, I'm not actually viewing the wind. I'm looking at the evidence that the wind is blowing. When I throw the grass up in the air, and I see that grass come down right to left, I know that the wind is there and it's blowing from right to left. But I don't see the wind, I see the evidence of the wind. And it's very much the same thing with the Spirit of God in our lives. We don't necessarily see God's Holy Spirit. We don't see him physically. We can't reach out and touch him physically. We don't have this, like, presence of God in our midst that we can see with our eyes or, or maybe hear uh, with our ears, although I don't, I don't put it past God to do that, by the way. But we see the evidence of God's Holy Spirit all the time. But we only see it if we're paying attention and looking for the evidence of him moving in our lives, in the past, right here currently, and in the future. And today, as we continue in this series that we started last week called Unleashed, where we're talking about how we interact with the Holy Spirit of God, we're going to be looking today at how God leads us and how he counsels us and how he um, kind of goes before us and how you and I in our lives, if we're Christ followers here today, we can look for the evidence of the Spirit of God moving in our lives. And when we see that evidence, we have a choice to make, whether to follow or not follow him. Last week, we kind of began with understanding that God is three in one, and that's hard for us as humans to understand. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that makes up who God is. 
and he's existed in eternity past, and he exists right now, and he exists in eternity future. He had no beginning and, and no end, and that's who God is, and part of who God is is his Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit has specific roles that we're learning through this series uh, for you and I. There are certain things that he does that's different than God the Father and God the Son, and so we're learning what are, the, what are the things that most make an impact on my day? And so we learned uh, first and foremost that you and I receive God's Holy Spirit into our lives at the moment that we're saved. And we receive God's Holy Spirit in our lives. And at that point in time, for the rest of our lives uh, here on earth, we have the power of God at our disposal to tap into. But most of us don't tap into the, to the power of God in our lives because we're not asking for him to fill us up continually. Because we have outside circumstances that pull us down and wear us out. And so sometimes we need to ask for God's filling over and over and over again. And it's different than receiving God's Holy Spirit. So we learned last week there, by the way, your notes are there today. You've got a full blank page. You can just take notes at your leisure. And there also the notes are online. You can get the specifics online. Uh, you can get everything that I'm talking about online. But last week we learned that we receive God's Holy Spirit at one time at the moment of salvation. We also learn that we're filled with God's Holy Spirit, and that can happen continuously uh, day by day, each and every day. I even gave you a prayer that you can pray on a daily basis to, to be filled back up with God's Holy Spirit because we all have struggles, and we're all you know, weak, and we all have those times we need to be filled up. But today where we're going to look is that you can receive God's Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation to have that power with you for the rest of your life. You can daily be filled with God's Holy Spirit, but if you and I aren't listening and paying attention and looking for the evidence of God in our lives and choosing to follow that, there's really no good. And so today we're going to talk about following God's Holy Spirit moment by moment, following his counsel. And I want to begin with the words of Jesus. He was speaking this in, in John chapter 14. He was talking to his disciples, and one of the things that Jesus was very concerned about with his disciples is, is that he had led them this whole time. And what would happen when he died? You see, God sent Jesus to die on the cross for your sins and for mine so that we could believe in him and God would remove our sins. The Bible says, cast him as far as the east is from the west. And when we believe in him, when we confess that we're a sinner, confess that we have weaknesses and that we're imperfect and believe in him for salvation. When we get to the end of our lives, we can spend eternity with him in heaven. That's the gospel message. And Jesus had preached that message. He had given that message. He was on mission for God. But the one thing that he was concerned about for his followers in the first century and for us today in 2015 is that he is now gone. Uh, he, he died on the cross. Three days later, he rose to be with God in heaven. And so what do we do now, right? Now that Jesus is gone, what do we do? And he promised, we talked about it last week, that he would send someone to help. Look at what he says in verses 25 and 26 of John 14. These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will, what's that next word? Teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And it's interesting that he uses that word helper. Some of you may have a version of the Bible that says counselor. It's the same word. 
In the original language, it meant the same thing. It meant someone um, that can help or guide you through a particular situation. And we, when we think of that word today, counselor or helper, there's a number of things that come to mind. I want you to think about it for a moment. If you have a physical issue, where do you go? You go to your doctor. And you have your physician who will guide and direct you and give you counsel on how to live a more healthy life or what type of medicine to take. If you are a teenager in here or maybe a middle schooler in here and you're walking through life, you know who your counselors probably are? Mom and dad, right? Now, whether you listen to mom and dad is really up to you, except that you're in their house and you have to listen to them, okay? Your pastor just said that, moms and dads, there you go, okay? All right, so, um, you know, when I was growing up, middle school and high school, my dad would tell me something to do, and every single time, I did exactly what he told me to do. <laughs> Not true. But his advice was good. If we find ourselves in legal trouble, hopefully that doesn't happen too often, we call an attorney. We have a lawyer. We have someone that will counsel us through that. And a counselor then is what it is now. It's someone that helps guide and leads us. But the, the, the real bottom line and the thing that we have to understand is that a counselor will give us the great counsel and the great advice, but it is up to us to follow. Here's how the Holy Spirit leads us Spiritually, first and foremost, the Holy Spirit leads us into divine truth. This is the inspired word of God. The Holy Spirit caused men and a few women to write this book. And they were inspired by the Spirit of God to write this so that you and I can apply this to our lives. This is his guide for our best living while we're here on earth. And if we spend time in his word, if we spend time hearing from the heart of God, from the, the spirit of God, then we can be led into divine truth, not because of anything that we did or that we do, but because it was sent from God. It was inspired by his Holy Spirit. The second thing that happens is we have an uncommon knowledge. Again, not a higher level of mental capacity or thinking. This isn't like a new age kind of thing. This is because the, the, the Holy Spirit begins to open up the truth of God's word and knowledge about life that maybe we've never had before. You see, when we start leaning and listening and following God's Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, when we read Scripture, it just jumps off the page. You ever had that happen, Christ follower? You're like, I've read that verse like 10 times, and it never really meant anything to me. And for some reason today, man, it just had this huge, incredible impact. That's God's Holy Spirit leading you. Maybe you've had a situation in your life that you just haven't understood what to do, and all of a sudden you have clarity about that. That's him giving you knowledge and understanding. And the third thing is extraordinary wisdom. Maybe before you had God's Holy Spirit in your life leading and guiding, uh, you would make decisions that didn't make a whole lot of sense and maybe harmed you or harmed someone else. But all of a sudden, you find yourself in a position where you're making decisions that are, are really leading, um, being led by God's Holy Spirit, and you're making decisions that, that are, are just covered in, in wisdom 
and understand that's God's Holy Spirit working in your life. And then the last thing is spiritual discernment, or, or excuse me, a supernatural discernment, where you kind of understand, you have this sense of, of what is good and, and bad and what decisions are right and wrong. And for students especially in here, my prayer is, is that you would just follow the Spirit of God in your lives because He can help you with decision-making in your life. He can help you know what choices to make through his truth and through uh, his uh, uh, knowledge and through wisdom and through discerning what's right and what's wrong. And all this is at our disposal to use. And sometimes you and I, even Christ followers, will say, you know, all the stars aligned for me to make this choice. The circumstances just were incredibly, you know, random, and it was just luck or, or some kind of like, you know, just happenstance that, that this happened, and I was able to do this great thing. If you're a Christ follower in here, those things aren't just by chance. Do you understand that? That's the Spirit of God leading you. That's the Spirit of God lining things up, and then it becomes our responsibility to make a choice to either follow or disregard. And that's the second point today is this, that we have a choice to follow his Holy Spirit. Check out John 16, just probably a page over in verses 12 and 13. Jesus says this again, he's talking about leaving again, and he's talking about the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the Christ follower. And he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. You can't take them on now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will, what's that next word? He will guide you. He will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. You see, when we choose to follow the Holy Spirit's counsel, it means that we are in tune with the Spirit of God. It means that we're walking step by step with God, that we're in tune with God and that we're walking step by step and also that we're following God's Holy Spirit. If you read any kind of leadership uh, book uh, about leading people and understanding this concept of leadership, uh, almost every author will talk about the fact that a good leader first understands what it means to be a good follower. And in terms of God's Holy Spirit, when we choose to become a good follower, he can do amazing things in our lives. And all of a sudden, circumstances aren't just random luck. It's a supernatural leading of God's Holy Spirit. Some of you have experienced that, but some of you have also done this third point, and that's you've chosen to reject the Spirit of God in your life. And this can come in small ways, and it can come in incredibly large ways. Take a look at Ephesians when Paul is speaking or he's writing, actually, to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians 4, verse 30. He says this, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And what Paul is trying to communicate to us today is that when we choose to ignore the counsel of the Holy Spirit in our lives, when we choose to go in a direction that's opposite of the way God's Holy Spirit is lining up things in our life, when we choose to ignore him, we are rejecting God. 
And that word grieve there, you know what it means? It simply means this. It means to make sad or to disappoint. That's as simple as it is. I've heard people say, we can't make God sad. But this says just the opposite. That original word, the original language means sadness or disappointment. And so you and I, when we choose to reject the Holy Spirit's counsel, it means that we are not following When we choose to reject the Holy Spirit's counsel, it means that we're not following God. It also is this. You see, being led by God's Holy Spirit means that we must choose to follow his moment-by-moment counsel in our lives. This is something that uh, the more that you dive into God's word, the more that you spend time talking to him and listening to him and um, kind of immersing yourself in the spirit of God, the more you're going to realize that this is not reserved for those major decisions in life only. It is for daily moment by moment living. And when I'm living this that we're talking about, like when I'm really spending uh, good amounts of time in his word and listening to him, all of a sudden it just opens up that I am submitting myself to his leading moment by moment. But when I'm not spending time in his word and when I'm not spending time with him, all of a sudden I begin to use a whole different filter to make choices in my life. I bet you do the same. And when we make other choices, when we allow other factors in our life to help lead us, we're not really following him. In fact, I think it would be said, said this way. He's not leading you if you're not following him. He's not leading you if you're not following him. You see, we as as children of God receive God's Holy Spirit in our lives at the moment of salvation. And at that point, we have every opportunity to follow his leading. But he gives us a choice. We're not robots. God didn't make us that way. We have a choice. We can receive God's Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation. We can ask for his continued filling in our lives moment, or day by day. But if we choose to reject his leading, then he's really not leading us. Something else then is leading us. Maybe it's ambition. Maybe it's success. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's other people. Maybe parents. It's our kids. Maybe for some of you who are teenagers and you're in school, maybe It's all your friends. It's that person that has this massive impact in your life. They replace God because you're following them, not him. It's so important for us to understand this because then all of a sudden, God becomes real. God becomes someone who is with us all the time that we can uh, be led by and we can follow. Cynthia and I have a friend whose whole life, I think, defines this idea of God giving counsel and people following that counsel. And so I'm going to ask Paula. She's here today. I'm going to ask her to come up on stage. Uh, This is Paula Dunn from Lynchburg, Virginia. Why don't you guys give it up for Paula this morning? Paula, thanks for being here. Um, Cynthia and I met Paula um, in a long time ago. I won't tell you when, but it was a long time ago. Back in college, uh, Cynthia played 
um, keyboard uh, for a group called Sounds of Liberty, and they traveled all over the, really all over the country and uh, uh, sang in churches. And Paula was on that team as a vocalist, and so she is a, uh, she's a singer, and she's also an author and speaker. We'll talk about that in a moment. But we met them a long time ago. In fact, um, we have a picture that we found last night of us in college hanging out with Paula and Rob, the big tall guy there. That's not me. Okay, that's Rob. <laughs> and uh, Ro that's Rob and Paula and Cynthia with really short hair. Really, really short hair. That was, uh, I think that was actually post-college. That was post-college. Over there on the right is a 50s party that we had at your mom and dad's house. And uh, we were all dressed up like the 1950s. And we thought we were cool, but we weren't. Totally not at all. But anyway, we've known uh, Paul and Rob for a long time. And talk about God's Holy Spirit leading and guiding. Um, as we were preparing for today, and I knew the message was going to be on his counsel and his leading, um, this is a great example, just her presence here of God leading and guiding, because she reached out to Cynthia. She's never been to Hilton Head before, and she reached out to Cynthia and said, hey, I think you guys live on Hilton Head Island, and I'm speaking at an event, and she spoke there the last three nights. It was uh, down at the uh, Marriott, right? And uh, she spoke for a women's group that was here from Charlotte, and uh, they were here for a few days, and she got to sing and share with them. And we thought, wow, that's incredible, because just that fact alone shows that God was leading her to be here today. And I cannot think of a better person that defines God's leading in her life, the Holy Spirit's leading in her life. And so, Paula, tell us a little bit about your story. Your story is amazing, but I want them to hear it from you. Tell us a little bit about your story. Well, it's an honor to be here and to share. I always love sharing what God has done in my life. I'm so thankful that he looked down and saw a little girl who didn't have any hope, who didn't have any future, and he literally reached down and saved and rescued me. When I was six weeks old, my father was in prison. My mom was very sick and she was bedridden. And there was three of us kids. I was six weeks, my brother was two, and my sister was four. Some people were out on church visitation one day. They were just randomly choosing houses and neighborhoods and just happened to stop at my house that day. And they were there just to invite them to church and tell them about their church. But when they got there and they realized with my dad in jail and my mom very sick, they realized they needed help. So they said, well, we realize you don't even know us, but you need some help and we're willing to help out if, if you'd like us to. Maybe we could even help take care of the baby. Well, my mom was very desperate. She didn't have any family or friends nearby, and she didn't really have a choice at that point. So she agreed, and I went to stay with this family from the church. Well, it ended up for years I actually lived between both families. My real family, when my dad got out of prison, there was a lot of fighting, drinking, drugs, you name it, it was there. It was a very unhappy home. But this family from the church taught me about God and his love. They're the ones who led me to Jesus. And they showed me the difference between a home where God was the center and where there was peace and where there was happiness as compared to my home, where they were absolutely miserable. Then when I was 11, my mom died of cancer. 
So from that point on, I just stayed with this family from the church because my dad didn't care either way. In fact, both my brother and sister, when they turned 14, my dad kicked them out of the house and forced them to be on their own. And you know, I can look at their lives and see how desperately they've searched for happiness. They've tried everything to fill the void in their life. My brother's tried the partying scene and the drugs and alcohol. He's been in and out of jail. My sister, the same thing. In fact, one day she came to me and said, Paula, I met this guy. We're getting married. I'm finally happy. And she got married and six months later was divorced. And I could go on and on and on how even to this very day, they're still searching. And I share this because the truth is, if it weren't for God, that would be my story. Had not God intervened in my life, Mm. led those people to my door, and when they got there, they could have easily said, you know, we're, we're, we're praying for you. When you get better, come visit our church and just gone on their merry way. But no, they stepped into our pain. They stepped into our crisis and they chose to get involved and to help out. And that decision to follow Jesus and to follow the Holy Spirit's leading in that moment literally changed the course of wow. my life. Wow, isn't that amazing? That's incredible what God has done with you, Paula. You know, and I think about that moment, and, and we, Cynthia and I, had the pleasure of, of knowing your, your adoptive parents, um, Joe and, and Gloria. We used to call them Joe and Glow. They were awesome. We spent a lot of time over at their house in, in college. They were great people, fantastic, amazing people. But, you know, you can't open God's word and find the answer for, should we take this little girl in? Should we take this baby in? But that's why God uses his word and God's Holy Spirit to lead and guide. And and I can't help but think of times that that I have chosen to maybe kind of just give a token level of obedience to God and not full obedience to God. We've said that before, that partial obedience to God really is full disobedience to him. And so it's important that as Christ followers that we listen and that we follow and that we allow him to lead us. Now, in your life, you've been led by God's Holy Spirit to take what he did and and really share your story over these years. Tell us a little bit about your listening and uh, allowing God's Holy Spirit to lead you. Well, I accepted Christ as my Savior at a young age. But when I was 14, I was at a church camp And the speaker was talking about being completely sold out to God. And I realized in that moment that when we accept him into our life, it's not supposed to end there. We're supposed to give our lives back to him and say, God, here's my life. Take it and do whatever you want with it. And really the truth is, after all that he has done for me, it's the least that I can do is to live for him every moment that I can. And so... I surrendered my life, and that summer was so powerful in my life. I was learning and growing, and I also had the opportunity to sing, which I had always loved to do. Well, one day when I had just finished singing and I was going down to my seat, the director was coming up to speak, and the Holy Spirit led him in that moment, very spontaneously, I might add, to say, Paula, would you come back up here? I'd like you to share your story. Well, you have to know. 
I just froze because I had never told anybody my story and I certainly never had stood on stage with a bunch of teenagers. I didn't want them to know that my life wasn't perfect. But I didn't know what else to do. I, I knew I couldn't really stand there and argue with them and I, or run out the back door. So I thought I'll just try to gracefully get through this thing and, and hope for the best. But just what I imagined happened. And as I was sharing and I got to the part about my mom dying of cancer, I completely fell apart. It was messy. It was awful. You know, I'd like to say that I had this little graceful tear rolling down my <sighs> cheek as I eloquently shared. But no, it was more like an avalanche of snot coming down <laughs> as I'm choking and gasping the whole thing. But, you know, I sat down and I thought it was the worst thing ever. But God did something that changed my life forever. All of a sudden, probably 50 or more of the teenagers came up at different times and said, Paula, can I talk to you? My, my mom and dad just got a divorce and I'm really struggling. Or, or, Paula, I'm struggling with drugs and alcohol already. Or one girl showed me where she had tried to kill herself before. And on and on their stories went. And for the first time in my life, I realized that everything that had happened in my life was not by accident or by mistake. That God had a purpose and he had a plan and he wanted to use it for his glory. And sometimes I think we want to offer God the things we're proud of, the good things, maybe our talents and our abilities. For me, it was music. But God wants everything. He wants the good, the bad, the ugly, the embarrassing, and then he wants to take it and turn it around and use it for his glory mm. and for his kingdom. And I began to see that day that he had a plan that was mm. far beyond what I thought, but a plan to use what he had done in my life mm. to bring honor and glory and to encourage and help other people. Mm. Wow, it's amazing. I love what you said there because I would imagine that there are a lot of folks here who maybe even are going through something right now and you think, man, it, this, is, this is as bad as it gets. It just is. It's messy. It's ugly. It's embarrassing. And I'm sure that you thought there's no way that God could ever use that. But your evidence that he can. And your evidence that he can because Joe and Gloria... Listen to the Holy Spirit's leading because you listen to the Holy Spirit's leading because Rob listened to the Holy Spirit's leading in your life and you've had amazing opportunity. You've even had an opportunity to put your story and um, just some lessons that you've learned from it to a book this year, this past year. Tell us a little bit about this and God even using this. This is amazing. This is a book called Dare to Soar that she wrote this year. So, Well, I love the verse Proverbs 16, 9. It says, a man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. And, you know, sometimes he directs us in ways that we don't even see coming and maybe even ways that are out of our comfort zone that we may not even want to see coming. And that's kind of what God did in, in my life. Um, a year ago, last summer, I was attending a conference for speaking and writing. And honestly, the real reason I had gone was it had been a really exhausting spring with traveling, with taking care of my family, my daughter, um, but also the family that raised me. He is going to be 88 this year. She's 84. Well, she has Alzheimer's, and it has gotten advanced, and it's the most devastating thing. And so I just was at a point where I just needed to go and just soak in the Lord's speaking to me and just kind of take a break from all the, the heaviness 
And um, so I went to this conference really for that reason. And as I was there, they, they really challenged you in a lot of ways. And, and God began speaking to me, telling me in my spirit that it's time to write your story. And I was like, well, well Lord, you know, I travel and I speak and I sing, but, but I'm not an author. So, so that's not really what I signed up for. <laughs> but he continued and... Um, even uh, through a s series of events, I met with a publisher, but even the whole time, I'm sharing my story, and she's saying, when you get your manuscript written, be sure and send it to us, and I literally thought as I walked out the door, well, I hope she remembers this conversation in 20 years, because <laughs> I really don't see it happening before then. But God continued to chip away, and you know, we had a couple, few little arguments about it, but he won. <laughs> and, um, and as I went home, I knew this is what he was calling me to do. Mm -hmm. I felt so inadequate. This was not my area where I felt comfortable. But God said, this isn't about what you can or can't do. It's about what I want to do. Mm -hmm. So I sat down the day I dropped my daughter off at school, and I began. I just said, God, you're going to have to take over. And it's amazing what God will do when we get out of the way. He will write the stories of our lives. Yeah. And that's what he did. Two weeks, the thing was written. I sent it away like they wanted me that's to. It's like Not record a, time, by the well, way. Well, wow. cra it was crazy. It's, it's to only crazy. God, I'm telling yeah. you. Wow. So the day the books arrived, mm -hmm. it was this past February. Most people would be excited, a dream come true. Honestly, I thought I was going to throw up. <laughs> I'm like, people are actually going to read this now. And, and I was kind of having, I know the whole point of writing a book, yeah. right? But <laughs> I was having this inner turmoil. And the whole thing again, it was just, oh, I just don't know. But you know, once again, God was working. Mm. My husband was very excited. He was even more excited than I was. And he invited our whole entire neighborhood <laughs> to a book release party at our house. We had 78 people show up. <laughs> but what you need to know is the majority of our neighborhood does not know Jesus. We have four Hindu families. We have mm. a devout Muslim family. We have an atheist family. I mean, on and on it goes. And as I was standing there that day in my kitchen and I'm looking out, and my husband's giving them all a copy of the book, and they're all excited, and they, they're saying they can't wait to go home and read it. And I thought in that moment, you know what? This has nothing to do with me, mm. my wow. story, or even my book. Mm. This has to do with what God wants to do wow. if wow. we will just let him. And I'm telling you, it's been unbelievable what God has done since then. Three days later, I get an email from the Muslim lady saying... I've got to get more copies of your book. I've got to get these to my friends. They awesome. need to hear this story. And I'm like, really? <laughs> and then our next door neighbors, they just moved here from India. Mm -hmm. And they just moved into, our, into their house next door this past fall. And he came over uh, about a month or two ago and said to my husband, my wife and I have both read your, book, your wife's book. And we really know that we were led here to live next door to you. And he began to ask my husband all these questions. I'm telling you, if we will just allow God to do what he wants to do and follow him and obey him in obedience, he will do the miraculous. Mm. And he will use us in ways we never dreamed possible mm. to represent him and touch other lives. That's awesome. I love it. Paula, thank you so much. Absolutely. Do you get it? 
That is an example of the work of God's Holy Spirit in the life of someone who's open, who a, a generation ago had adoptive, essentially, parents who were open, and who received counsel but didn't ignore it. They didn't fight it. They walked in it. So I want to tell you that it doesn't matter where you are in, in your faith journey. Um, this whole concept of walking with the Spirit of God or listening to the Spirit of God or following God's Holy Spirit, these are not church words. These are not words and phrases that are meant for pastors and people in the ministry. This is meant for you. It's meant for you. Because when he truly is speaking to us and we listen and we follow him, then we literally following the steps of the most powerful God in our lives who can do abundantly more than you and I could ever ask or think. And Paula, thank you so much for sharing your story that tied in so well. That's just a gift from God as well, a gift from his Holy Spirit. And she has some books with her. You can go to, back to guest services after we're done here today, and you can pick those up. She also has some CDs, and I'd love for you to meet Paula what an amazing thing. I want to challenge you today. Would you bow with me in a word of prayer? I want to challenge you with this. Uh, some people struggle with um, knowing if they have the Spirit of God in them because they don't see, they can't touch, they can't feel or hear audibly. Um, but I'm going to challenge you today to look for the evidence of God in your life. You see, you and I as, as Christ followers, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior at that moment, you and I are, are like heirs to the fortune of God. And part of that fortune is the Holy Spirit working in our lives. And I want to challenge you to look for the evidence. You know, an heir is not truly an heir to a fortune until that person receives and sees evidence of the money in the bank. And I would imagine that if you really stopped for a few moments, you would see the evidence of God's Holy Spirit working in your life. And that's my challenge, to look for the evidence. And then when you're faced with the opportunity, the choice to follow him or to reject him, that you and I would follow him. Father God, I pray that you would allow us, your people at Hilton Head Island Community Church, to just capture a glimpse of, from Paula's story and from your word and what's been said and sung and heard and witnessed today, that we would just capture a glimpse of the power that you can provide in our lives for daily living. It's not just for eternity, but it's for daily living. And God, I pray that we would be obedient to you and to what you want us to do. Help us to understand what it means to have all the inheritance as children of God, as sons and daughters of you, that we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And I pray that we would follow you when you lead and give us counsel. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.